Every day, traders and investors dive in to tackle the ever-changing markets to find opportunity. Futures Radio Show is your number one source for answers to the questions that all market participants want to ask. Veteran futures trader Anthony Crudelli sits down with the most influential leaders and top traders in the industry. Now, here's your host, Anthony Crudelli. What's up, everybody? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in for this episode with Sean Smith and Russell Rhodes. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group. They are the world's leading and most diverse futures and options exchange. CME Group's markets help individuals and businesses around the world effectively manage risk. For access to free educational tools and resources for the active individual trader, please visit activetrader.cmegroup.com. For new show notifications, please subscribe to Futures Radio Show on iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This show is also sponsored by Trading Technologies, RJO Futures, and FTSE Russell. The Russell 2000 is a key benchmark for small cap U.S. stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 Futures symbol RTY and micro E-mini Russell 2000 Futures symbol M2K. To learn more about FTSE Russell and their products, please visit FTSERussell.com. Now today I spoke with Sean Smith, Managing Director, Derivatives Licensing at FTSE Russell, and Russell Rhodes, the Head of Research and Consulting at EQ Derivatives. I've been trading the Russell a lot this year. I've talked about that a lot on this show and on social media. So I want to take a deep dive inside the Russell indexes. So who better to have on than my friend Sean Smith and Russell Rhodes. We kicked off today's show by talking about Russell Recon. Then we talked about what is actually inside the Russell 2K index. Sean goes over the top sectors that traders should be watching when trading the Russell 2000 futures. We dug into some reasons as to why the Russell 2000 is lagging the other major indices. And Russell explains why he believes the Russell may be playing catch up to the indices for the rest of 2020. And last but not least, we talked about the Russell 1000 and how the Russell 2000 will likely be the indice that is most sensitive to the upcoming U.S. presidential election. So without further ado, let me take you right to the interview with Sean and Russell. Sean, last time you and I spoke on the podcast, we talked a lot about Russell Recon. June 26th was Russell Recon. Busy day for Russell Futures traders. Got a lot of inquiries from traders asking me about Russell Recon and just a little bit more information. So you're, you're the man to talk about that. Why don't we just kick off today's show by you explaining to everybody what Russell Recon is and why it's such a big day uh, for Russell futures traders. Thanks, Anthony. And, and great questions from your listeners. And I'm just a, it's real, a real honor to be on the show. So let's start with Russell reconstitution. It's a, a really important annual event for the U S equity market where our global team has a process for our indices where we rebalance our Russell 1000 and our Russell 2000 indices, the Russell 1000, our large cap index, Russell 2000, our uh, small caps. So we have a, a transparent rules-based methodology that we use on an annual basis to reconstitute these indices, to keep them relevant to the investors that use our indices. 
when the when the rebalance concludes in late June, the entire family of Russell indices will be reflecting those changes in the marketplaces for the for the next year. So with that, our reconstitution event of 2020 began on May 8th, which is the, is called Rank Day, where the U.S. indice index membership um, is determined, and following Rank Day, uh, there's a series of dates that uh, help us culminate on June 26th for what we call is uh, Recon Day. So there's uh, there's every Friday up until June 26th from May 8th on, there are additions and deletions and more uh, uh, analysis done where the, the, the index gets locked down. And then there's the final uh, uh, reconstitution done. Uh, and on June 26th, the stocks exchange um, within the index with the uh, investors. And it's a historic historic day where there's record volumes trading on the close of both the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. And they have mechanisms in place at those two uh, equity exchanges where on the closing bell, in a, in a matter of a second, maybe a second and a half, the, the billions of shares trade hands and without there being a, a big disruption in the marketplace, these indices get reconstituted. And when the markets open again on Monday, June 29th, as they did this year, the uh, the markets re are reflecting the new reconstituted Russell, index Russell indexes. So it's a, a really exciting time. It happens every year. And it's just a great opportunity for lots of analysis as to what's going on in the Russell 1000, which is large caps. But again, the big futures contract on CME Group is Russell 2000. So there's a lot of information about the changes to those indices that uh, that occur afterwards, and that just makes the trade all that more exciting for uh, your your client base and the in the futures traders and the institutional clients that are trading the Russell futures at CME Group. So I hope that helps. Yeah, no, I mean obviously it's it's a big day for russell traders it's a big day for the market in general because if you're watching the indices obviously you're keeping an eye on the russell and what it's doing a couple quick questions before i get to russell to talk about the russell uh sean was this year uh on june 26th another record for volume it was it was a record day of volume uh 1.6 billion shares traded on the close and it was just really exciting to see which is up from just over a billion shares trading last year on the closing bell so it was really exciting to see the numbers be bigger. The uh, large caps and small caps uh, uh, had some some exciting changes this year, um, but again, yeah, it was record volume, and it was uh, and it happened without any issues whatsoever. Those mechanisms that place at, in place at the uh, at the stock exchanges work really well. Those being the closing cross and the uh, closing auction uh, systems at Nasdaq and New York Stock Exchange. So uh, these this reconstitution happened without a hitch. So, Russell, I want to move over to you and, and talk a little bit more on the trading side of things. And, you know, I was watching the Russell futures that day, and I was actually looking at it. I noticed it was an inside day. and Although there was a lot of volume, it, it was didn't really have a breakout day. It was actually pretty well contained within the range. And for you, someone who's traded this day for many years in the past – is that something typical that you see a lot of volume? Maybe uh, is, is it typically a range day or are other times in the past where you've seen maybe like a huge breakout move? 
Well, it, it's an interesting process. Part of part of the reason it's such an interesting process, and, and we talked about this before we got going today, is that a lot of people aren't even aware that basically on the last Friday of June every year, the components of the Russell 2000 change around a little bit. And if you're trading the Russell futures on Friday when, when the recon happens on the close, uh, you're, trading some, you're trading something a little bit different on Monday morning. Uh, and there's, you know, there's different exposures that people are getting from the Russell 2000. And I think about 40 names flipped out in and out this year. Sometimes it's a higher number depending on uh, how much divergence we've had in overall performance. As far as the day goes, it's usually a pretty darn normal day with respect to uh, the Russell 2000. If you look at it relative to other broad based indexes, it's going to be reacting in the same way that you would expect it to react to, to news flow. For other days, like we're, we're talking today on the 15th, the Russell 2000 is outperforming greatly uh, because it looks like, uh, you know, domestic companies might get back to work quicker than some people were anticipating. So it's it's outperforming. If this sort of news had hit uh, the morning of the 26th, I think we would be seeing pretty much the same sort of reaction. So um, and I've actually referred to it, and, and it'll be the older listeners that understand what I'm saying here. It's almost like a Seinfeld reaction. You know, every Seinfeld episode episode was basically about nothing. Um, it's a big deal, but if you're looking at the Russell 2000 on the surface, um, it's you know, it, it, the, the, the FTSE Russell folks have done such a great job uh, putting this process together and maintaining the integrity around the process uh, that it's it's kind of like a Seinfeld event. I find that to be so interesting because with all that volume coming through, and like you said, mm -hmm. from one day to the next, you're actually changing the stocks that are within that indice, and yet mm -hmm. it stays pretty contained. I'm curious. I want to take it even a little bit beyond that. So let's just say that that day itself is normally what you would call a typical day. Uh, going beyond that, how much do you notice from that day every year? that maybe a different trend is set? Like what happens following recon? Well, following recon, again, what you have is you've got exposure to different parts of the market than maybe you would owning a Russell 2000 ETF or owning the Russell 2000 futures going into the recon. And, you know, these index, the broad-based indexes do diverge an awful lot in uh, their performance. Now, uh, and, and Sean will have to help me on this one, but if there's a sector that got added to because some stocks uh, you know, maybe dropped from the 1,000 to the 2,000 and now there's a heavier weighting of, I'm going to use, I'm just going to hypothetically say financial services or healthcare because those are the two biggest sectors in the, um, in the Russell 2000 now. Um, you know, if those weightings had increased, and, you know, maybe you're bullish on the financial services area because you felt like those stocks might react well to earnings as they kind of are. Um, you know, the Russell 2000 might be more attractive to you than it was, uh, say, a few weeks ago. All right, Sean, I want to go back to you. Russell mentioned that financial services and healthcare are the two top sectors in the Russell 2000. Can you share with us? If you have an order of what the top sectors are, and then maybe share with us some of the top names in the Russell as well. Well, I would I would really focus on the sectors because when you're talking about a market and what's moving an index, it more it it doesn't move so much on the individual stocks, but more on the sectors. And think about Fang moving large caps, right? You got the 
big technology stocks that really drive the large cap indexes. So rather than focus on individual names, and I can give you a couple, but I would really focus on the sectors. And let's give you the ranks of those sectors of the of various weights of the Russell 2000. Those being, as, as Russell started, was where financial services, healthcare, technology comes third, consumer discretionary, producer durables, materials and processing, utilities, consumer staples, and energy. And something else to think about, Anthony, is the fact that these are U.S. domestic stocks. And what really drives the market are those U.S. numbers you hear. Um, when you hear that there could be a, 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 a new vaccine coming out to, and, and how it could possibly boost the economy, you're going to see the U.S. domestic stocks outperform, uh, especially small caps in particular, because they, as I like to say, and Russell uh, Rhodes will laugh at this, they outperform to the upside with good news, and they outperform to the downside with good news or with bad news. Um, so yeah, there's velocity in the Russell 2000 when it trades. So it's something for traders to think about um, as they they look at these various weights of the various sectors. But yeah, watch financial services, watch healthcare, watch technology, consumer uh, discretionary. All of these these top sectors really really push this into around and those economic numbers which have real domestic kind of uh, a flair to them or weight to them are, are things that traders should definitely be watching uh, in regards to trading Russell 2000 and uh, Russell I'm, if you agree great if you don't let I'd love to have a little bit more of a discussion about it oh no I totally I, I think you're dead on with that one and one thing I've learned is, is trading the Russell over the years. I agree with you, Sean. That's what really is a little bit different about trading the Russell versus the NASDAQ and even the S&P. I think the Russell and the S&P have this a little bit more in common, that the sectors are the major drivers, not the individual names. And it's probably why I focus more on Russell and, and S&P and not so much on NASDAQ. Uh, and, and Russell, I do want to go back to you and mm -hmm. hearing Sean talk about the weightings in I mean, it makes sense. If financial services are the leading sector, you look at how they've been this year, It's that's a big reason why the Russell's been lagging. Uh, it's a big reason that the Russell's been lagging. Uh, financial services have definitely been a, a drag. Uh, you know, even though it's it's a healthcare emergency, uh, I think that there's there's been some mixed performance with respect to individual companies and how they're impact, impacted by the um COVID-19 situation. One of the things that I find really interesting about the Russell 2000 underperformance this year is there's a very small weighting in the Russell 2000 of energy. And that has just been, you know, the dog of the market for the first half of this year. Um, if you're expecting a rebound in energy, the Russell 2000 is probably not the place to go. Uh, the technology names and the consumer discretionary names uh, in the index, you know, technology has definitely been a leader for the first half of this year. Uh, but the technology names in the Russell 2000, as Sean mentioned, are a lot more domestically oriented. So, you know, it's if, if business is under pressure in the U.S. relative to the rest of the world, that is when you're going to typically see the, the Russell 2000 underperform. And that's what we have seen uh, at some point point, we are going to see a catch up in uh, the anticipation about what's going on in the U.S. versus the rest of the world. And one of the first places that that's going to show up is going to be in the Russell 2000's relative performance uh, when you look at it uh, versus other broad-based indexes that are a little bit more niched maybe in technology 
or have a lot more exposure to uh, the global economy as opposed to the U.S. domestic economy. And something to add to that, Russell, and, and speaking of the second heaviest weight in the index being healthcare, something interesting about the Russell 2000, there were six IPOs added to the Russell 2000 this year, all six stocks, healthcare stocks. Huh. So that is uh, really an interesting uh, uh, piece of information, which makes you think, boy, when you see a, a vaccine or you see um, the fact that hospitals are being being able to treat patients uh, for surgery and other other ailments that uh, aren't COVID related, it means revenue and it means healthcare stocks are going to strengthen. So it's something to think about um, going forward uh, in, in the Russell 2000 is that healthcare sector is, I think, going to be an interesting component of the index this year. Okay, traders, we're going to pause for 30 seconds and we'll be right back. A question I constantly get is what platform do I use to trade futures? Well, I use TT. They are the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Learn more at tryttnow.com. RJO is a long-standing brokerage firm with personal broker relationships to help you learn and trade futures. To learn more, please visit rjofutures.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean, thanks for sharing that. I had no idea. That's that's very interesting and something definitely to keep an eye on. And Russell, I want to go back to something that you said, and you mentioned that you think that the Russell will play catch up basically mm-hmm. to the rest of the indices. I mean, obviously the NASDAQ has just exploded. I mean, the S&P mm-hmm. is kind of in the middle. I don't watch the Dow too much, but uh, you know, the Russell is, is, is behind that. So I, I guess... I'm wondering, how are you going to be trading that for the rest of the year? Are you thinking maybe long Russell against the other indices, or what are you thinking? Uh, it could be long Russell against the other indices. It could be long Russell uh, against maybe you know a, a basket of larger cap stocks that you think are way ahead of themselves. Um, you know, maybe even like the Fang stocks, uh, which is always a very dangerous, uh, dangerous short. But, you know, something along those lines, if you're looking at a shorter time frame, uh, one of the things that that Sean just mentioned was he he said that the Russell 2000 likes to uh, outperform to the upside, but it does outperform to the downside sometimes. I have a funny feeling it might hold in a little bit better just because of how much it's lagged on down days. Uh, But, you know, like we're seeing today on the 15th, uh, very strong outperformance to the upside out of the Russell 2000 and definitely. Uh, it, the, the, if you think of the companies in the Russell 2000 as like just a big single entity, definitely the biggest beneficiary of uh, a sudden and quick end uh, to the coronavirus situation. If, if they really do have some sort of vaccine or solution to uh, what's going on with respect to how it impacts the economy, uh, that's going to have a much bigger boost to the Russell 2000. Yeah, well, I mean, look at today. I mean, it's exactly yeah. what's yeah, happening a, today as we're recording, and the Russell's leading to the upside. Yeah. No, it's um, unfortunately it's something I started talking about a couple of days ago, and um, you know, and now we're just a little bit too late. But it's only outperforming by a couple of percent. It's still got a long ways to go uh, to to close the gap between you know the S and P 500 or, and definitely the Nasdaq for this year. Yeah, and you know, for me as a trader, a couple things I want to talk about. Hearing that from you guys and Sean, especially hearing you about the health 
uh, care sector, adding the six IPOs. It's got my brain working right now. And then hearing you, Russell, talk about, you know, if there is news like we have today about a vaccine, uh, that the Russell might be the most sensitive to the upside. And that mm-hmm. gets me to thinking, you know, I know a lot of our audience is day traders. Obviously, we're, we're futures traders, so we are more of, of the shorter term. But when I think about overall themes right now, I do agree with you because I watch the Russell so closely and because of everything that I see going on, a couple of ways that uh, that I would play that catch-up type scenario is on the down days, I think that you could see the NASDAQ, because it's been so strong and it's so much more volatile, if it really gets hit, mm-hmm. the days that the Russell's holding support, those are the days I look for some for some swing lungs because they might be getting hit less. So you look for the weakness days that maybe everything gets pulled down. And if the Russell's holding your support, whatever strategy you're looking at, that's something I'd be looking at and saying, Hey, you know, the, the upside here uh, might be a little bit less volatility to the downside and more opportunity to the upside. That's just one way that I look at it. When I see, you know, markets playing catch up, that's really why a lot of times I have been trading the Russell uh, with swing positions because of that, because it does kind of have like that pendulum type uh, movement to it oh yeah it, it most definitely does and and I, I i used to trade all of these futures against each other and you know typically if you if you've got a bullish outlook for the next couple hours or so i would always go with the one that was showing the most strength uh if you're getting started early in the morning mm-hmm. and they're all kind of in line with each other and you think we're going to be breaking to the upside you may want to be looking at the russell 2000 over the other futures contracts right now uh you may want to be taking the other side of one of the other futures contracts if you've got a contrary view uh, but I do think that there's an added edge into understanding the different composition <laughs> of these indexes and and that there are different fundamental drivers from day to day. Uh, you're going to see more volatility out of the NASDAQ during earnings season because there are a handful of stocks that comprise almost half of that index. Uh, you might not see as much influence with respect to earnings season on the Russell 2000 because the biggest stock in the Russell 2000 uh, typically only represents maybe 0.3 or 0.4% of the overall weighting of the index. And that's, I think, why all of us have emphasized m- more of the sector uh, aspect of Russell 2000 versus the individual stock aspect of the Russell 2000. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. I didn't realize that it was that small of a percentage on an individual name basis. And, you know, Sean, I want to go back to you and – Talk about something you and I have never really talked about on the show. We've we've talked about in private conversations is really the Russell 1000. I know that the focus is primarily on the Russell 2K, and that's what a lot of us trade. But you've talked to me a lot about the Russell 1000. Uh, I think explain to everybody what the Russell 1000 is and and how it is different from the Russell 2000. Besides the Captain Obvious, it's 1000 versus 2000. The Russell 1000 are the large cap components of the Russell 3000, which are a thousand stocks as we uh, have created that index. And it's a, there's a futures contract on the Russell 1000 that trades at CME Group. It's uh, under the symbol R under the symbol RS1. So uh, I just encourage your, uh, your audience to take a look at the Russell 1. You're going to see a lot less volume. You're going to see um, a little wider market, but getting tighter. Um, and you're going to you're going to see that there it's a it's still a tradable index. Again, I'm not uh, recommending any type of trades, but uh, take a look at the Russell one. I think it's a it's a strong representation of the large cap market. Um, 
you know, there's a much li- uh, more liquid large cap uh, futures contract at Simi Group, but the Russell One is an interesting one for your audience to take a look at. And I, I just strongly recommend that uh, they put it, uh, your, uh, folks put it on the radar. And Let's talk about the trading side a little bit, Russell. Uh, I've never traded the Russell 1000. You've traded both. What's Talk to us about some of the differences on the trading side. Um, you know, as far as it, well, first off, it's, you know, as you mentioned, it's a much larger cap index than the Russell 2000. Uh, the composition of the index is a, a little bit different and Sean can comment on that better than I can. Uh, but there is a, you know, a, more of an international flavor to, um, what business trends actually influence the Russell 1000 versus the Russell 2000. Um, basically if you're, 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 don't want a whole lot of stock market exposure, uh, and you think the rest of the world's going to outperform the U.S., you buy the 1,000 and you short the 2,000. If you've got that, if you've got an alternate view there, uh, you would actually buy the 2,000 and short the 1,000 from a very high level. Now, what's interesting is there there are a couple of examples where you can see the relative performance based on uh, people's outlooks of just U.S. versus the rest of the world. Uh, you know, not taking a political side here at all, because you can't even say Donald Trump without getting in trouble. But when he was elected president, you saw a massive outperformance of the Russell 2000 versus the Russell 1000. And that was just all about, and it, it, it lasted about uh, two and a half months or so. It really was this impression that uh, the domestic economy was going to benefit relative to maybe penalizing the global economy a little bit. Uh, Those two settled down a little bit and got back in in line with each other. Other side of that one, what we're going through right now, we have a situation that looks like it's going to have a bigger impact on the U.S. economy than the rest of the world. And you've seen uh, underperformance of the Russell 2000, I think the most dramatic underperformance of the Russell 2000 relative to the Russell 1000. Uh, when, When you believe that that anticipation's behind us, and we're we're going to go back to maybe even just you know a little normal, both performing in line with each other. Uh, you're going to see that gap uh, fall back into line, and it, it happened after the uh, small cap rally post 2016 election, uh, and and that gap will get narrowed once again once we uh, get this uh, COVID situation behind us, or even start hey, to get it behind us. Anthony, I can add uh, in regards to large caps versus small caps, that being the Russell 1000 versus the Russell 2000. We, we like to say at, at Russell that the, the big got bigger this year and the, the smaller got smaller. And here's an example. For the first time in the history of our indexes, the Russell 1000, three, the top three companies in total market cap all exceed a trillion dollars in market cap each, that being Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon. And think about that as, uh, from a Russell 1000 uh, uh, scenario, but also think about this: this Russell 2000 being small caps, the smallest stock in the Russell 2000 um, uh, has has a market cap of less than 100 million dollars. So think about the gap between over a trillion for the largest stocks in the uh, in the top three of the Russell 1000. The smallest stock in the Russell 2000 is less than 100 million dollars. It's 94 million dollars in market cap. So it's really an interesting break between large cap and small cap. So that's something to look at as well. No, absolutely. And and it makes a lot of sense when you put it in that perspective as to why the Russell is going to be very sensitive to an election because 
they just have far less wiggle room. I mean, the smaller guys are aren't as easy to adapt as the bigger guys. Right. I think typically the uh, the larger guys don't really even have to adapt. They uh, they have enough influence that. Uh, they're not going to be impacted by government policy nearly as much as small small cap stocks. I couldn't have said it better. I would have said the same yeah. thing. Great insight so far today. I'm going to leave you guys with one question, and I'll have each one of you answer the same question. And And for all of the day traders out there that are watching the Russell, something that I talk about a lot is I like to see correlations with my market. You know, what is something that I should be pulling up? I'm sitting there trading the Russell Futures, and you say to me, Anthony, if you're trading the Russell Futures, here's a couple things that I think you absolutely should keep up next to the Russell. We'll start with you, Russell. What are some things that you look at when trading the Russell 2000? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I, I've i spent a lot of time paying attention to volatility indexes. So, uh, you know, I like to look at the Russell 2000 volatility index uh, and VIX side by side with the Russell 2000 and the S&P 500. And uh, you can typically get an idea if there's more concern with respect to one area of the market versus the other by comparing those two indexes uh, through this, uh, th through the current situation, uh, we've actually seen the greatest premium ever for the Russell 2000 volatility index versus VIX. And it usually is at a premium relative to VIX. Uh, the longer term high end used to be around 12. Uh, Sean shared with me that the, that this year it's gotten as wide as 18, uh, which probably coincides with the underperformance. Right now, it's hovering around 12, which means uh, you, can, you can take that one of two ways if you're bullish on small caps. Uh, there, there's too much concern relative to the fundamentals. Uh, so maybe you've got a chance to get in early and play that small cap catch up. Um, or, uh, you know, the, we're not out of the weeds quite yet, but you can actually use that figure to, to maybe justify whatever position you want to put on and be right either way, not right profitably wise, but right justifying yourself wise, I guess. Sean, to the Russell futures traders out there, You've been watching these markets for years. What's a couple of things that you think that those traders should be keeping up on their screens to take a look at when trading Russell? As I said earlier in the show, Anthony, and, and thanks again for having me on the show, but earlier I mentioned that it's, it's really a, a, a strong indicator to watch these sectors. Uh, watch the financials. Yeah, interest rates are are low, but these financial stocks have a way of moving and they're, and they're heavily weighted in this index. But as I also mentioned, healthcare is one of those key drivers of this index. So I would keep a, an eye on the news. This 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 healthcare news that uh, uh, comes out drives this index. As as we've seen today, that the Russell 2000 has really outperformed the market. Uh, and on just today, because of this healthcare news about you know uh, folks talking about a, a vaccine. So I would say follow the sectors. Keep your eye on those heavy weighted sectors within the the Russell 2000 and watch the data uh, that comes across regarding domestic uh, uh, incentives for uh, US-based companies. And uh, again, we're, we're in election season already. So I think the election season itself is gonna be some interesting drivers in terms of, of how stocks are gonna react to um, uh, as the election progresses and, and who, who takes the lead and, and, and how that progresses as well. So I think those are all key drivers that are gonna uh, move the, the the Russell 2000 in a in a way that makes it uh, an exciting trade. 
not to mention our partner, partner exchange Simi Group, just does a fantastic job of having s- such a tremendous uh, a culmination of liquidity, uh, enabling uh, our customers to trade the product. So we're very excited to have that partnership with CME Group. Love both those answers. I mean, Sean, absolutely agree that if you're trading any indice, specifically the Russell, you better have those top two sectors up because they're going to definitely give you a little bit of the story as to what's going on. And Russell, when you talked about with the RVX versus the VIX, I love that. That's not something I've really watched, but after speaking with you today, I think I'm going to be pulling that up on my screen. And, And both of you guys... I can't wait to have you guys on the show next. I, there's always more to talk about when it comes to uh, the Russell. And before I let you guys go, uh, we'll start with you, Sean. Sean, where can people learn more about you? We'll talk about maybe a social media, a Twitter specifically, and a website. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm happy to share my email address, smith at footsierussell.com. Anybody has any questions or wants to chat about Russell Index, FTSE Russell Index products, reach out to me. I'm happy to share any and all information with you. But FTSERussell.com, our website, has an incredible amount of information in regards to things to be thinking about during, one, the coronavirus, but two, the economy. Um, We have a a tremendous amount of webinars uh, that have been recorded talking about uh, that, along with lots of information about recon that that just happened at the end of June. So tune into our, our website for that. There's also uh, some some really good information about recon that I can I can actually give you, Anthony, that you can actually broadcast out to your your folks if you'd like, and uh, happy to do that as well. Sure, Sean, I'll put all of that in the post today, so everybody, uh, if you're listening to this uh, on iTunes or one of the other platforms, check out futuresradioshow.com under the post where this is uh, on our website. I will have more information there. Uh, that Sean talked about with Russell Recon. And Russell, back to you. Where can people find you? Let's talk about Twitter and a website. Sure. Uh, Twitter, it's just uh, my full name, at Russell Rhodes. And um, I, I run research and consulting for EQ Derivatives. Uh, when I post things, uh, stuff's behind a paywall. But when I, you know, when I post things about trade ideas or, or you know, product usage type things, uh, we actually put that out there for everybody to see. So there are parts of the EQ Derivatives website that are open to the public. And if I, if I put a link on Twitter to one of my articles, it's always one that's not behind the paywall. Um, I think there's nothing more frustrating than going, yeah, that sounds interesting, and then getting hit with a paywall. Don't so, you hate that? So, it drives me nuts when yeah. that happens. So. <laughs> or I don't like re- when it happens to me. So I'm not going to do it to other people. Yeah, or yeah. you've reached your maximum <laughs> amount of views. Now you need to subscribe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you guys are great. I, I, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on Futures Radio Show today. Uh, I wish all of you guys the best. Looking forward to having you guys back on the show next time. Thank you, guys. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for Anthony. having Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can listen to all of our episodes on FuturesRadioShow.com, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.